Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I know you've already welcomed somebody next to you. Why don't you just do a 360 and welcome people all around you tonight. Everywhere you look, love's all around. Love's all around you. Everywhere you look, let them know you're glad to see them in the place tonight. Amen? Amen. Take your seats. We are glad to be here in God's house once again, once again, to be in the land of the living. We're in the land of the living. Glory to God. And not just living, meaning we have air, breath in our lungs, but we're living. We're really living by faith. We're living the good life, which according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 and amplified, did God prearrange and made ready for us to live. Amen? And I like living this kind of life. I'm living the blessed life. Say it, I'm living the blessed life. Come on, say it again. I'm living the blessed life. The blessed life is the best life. The cursed life is the worst life. The blessed life is the best life. Amen? And we get to enjoy the goodness of God. I'm excited again, night two, that you are here. Uh, Didn't we have a great time last night? I think we did. I know we did. We had a great time in the word and and prayer. And I pray that you've been built up uh, in your faith to stand against the onslaught of the devil who wants to try to deceive us into thinking he's in control. He's not in control of us. He may control the world, but he does not control us. Amen? Amen. And uh, we are just going to keep on moving in the things of God. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, excited tonight because we're very happy to be able to launch something brand new. As I mentioned to you last week, uh, we were looking to launch our a new prayer line. And so we are happy to announce that tonight we are launching our prayer line. Amen? <laughs> praise God. Come on, give God a praise for that. Hallelujah. And uh, those of you who may be watching online or for you, anytime you need to do so, people watching from all over the world, our prayer line uh, is established. The, the phone number is 727-893-8888. should be easy to remember. So when you're stuck, something's going wrong, just remember, 893-8888. Say it, 8888. I can remember that. And uh, there'll be prayer councils on the other line, on the other end, waiting to pray with you, pray for you, and um, help. You know, when, when two or three of us gather together, or two or three of us agree on earth, rather, uh, concerning anything we ask, wherever two of us are gather, are, agree on earth, that's what the Bible says. I was thinking I saw something uh, somewhere. I, I'm, I'm not watching the news. I'm not reading the news right now, but something came up when I was opening my email uh, to answer some questions here for the church that... Uh, people are talking about this, this isolation is practice for living on Mars. And I thought, I'm going to live on Mars. There's no promises on Mars. The Bible says, if any two of you, two of you shall agree at such anything on Earth, on Earth. I can't go to Mars or Pluto or Saturn or Jupiter or anywhere. I got to be on Earth to get agreement. So uh, the prayer line is available. It's open now. There are people that are standing by right now uh, waiting for Anyone who needs prayer, if you have any kind of sickness or any kind of issue, any kind of uh, uh, problem that uh, you need somebody to pray for you or pray with you about, uh, they are ready and prepared to do so. Why don't y'all just give God a big amen about that. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. You ready to get into the word of God tonight? Okay, let's open our Bibles again to the book of Galatians chapter 3, please. Galatians chapter 3. Verses 13 and 14. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Hallelujah. Praise God. When you have that, say amen. Amen. All right, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Curse is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Through faith. Is that good? 
Remember that from last night? So it says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So we're talking on this uh, week, the theme of this, this uh, faith builders uh, meeting is redeemed from the curse. Amen. Now, we've been, we talked about last night, just a matter of review, because review is? Review. Amen. Good, good, good. We talked about how the devil's tormenting people all over the world. And 1 Peter 5, verse 8, remember that, talks about how your adversary, Satan, goes about as or like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In fact, get on the screen for me, please. Uh, can you pull up verse 9? Because I want you to see something. This, this is very good. I, I didn't think about this just now. If we can go to verse 9 of this same, same uh, text here. Praise God. Because it'll say something that you have to do because for the adversary that you're facing. It says, resist him. Resist him. Steadfast with a mask. Steadfast with gloved up. Steadfast, stay at home. See, the devil's trying to trick people into resisting him with their natural methods. Oh, that's big. See, I didn't even see that, Barbara. I thank God for that. The devil's got the whole world tricked and most of the church tricked into resisting him with their natural methods. I'm, I'm so, uh, I've had enough. I'll use that word. I'm not going to say I'm tired. I've had enough of all the texts and all the emails all the forwarded, forwarded, forwarded texts, all the forwarded, 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 forwarded emails, all the group me stuff I'm getting from other, not from y'all, other groups about what you're supposed to do is, is drink baking soda and ice water and lemonade and all this two times a day and wash your hands every 20 minutes and if you bathe in, in kitty, kitty litter and all that stuff. I mean, all these things I'm getting, I'm like, what are y'all talking about? What are y'all doing? Church folk, why are y'all resorting to the natural? You weren't doing this for flu season. The Bible says, resist him steadfast in the faith. So faith is what resists Satan. That's why the Bible says over in Ephesians uh, 6, uh, taking the shield of faith. Let's, we're going to put it on the screen for me too then. We're going to take our time. Ephesians 6, uh, give me verse uh, somewhere around 12 or so. Let's see. Let's land right on it. Ephesians 6. Verse 16. <laughs> No, give me verse, verse 11. We'll start at verse 11. <laughs> Ephesians 6, verse 11. Glory to God. All right. There, I'm off script, so that's why media is trying to catch up. I'm, I'm, off, I'm off script. The Holy Ghost just lead me, all right? Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. I'm armored up. <laughs> I, I just want y'all to see what, what's happened to us. And every preacher will tell you this is of the devil. Yet he's going to let the devil trick him into how to resist. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The tricks, deceits, deceit, tricks, deceits, schemes. That's what wiles is. Tricks, deceits, and schemes. He's scheming. So you're going to resist him with the whole armor of God. Now, go to verse 16. Verse 16, which is going to talk about that faith again. Above all. So praise God. Put your gloves on. Put your, put your, put your mask, masks on. 
People wearing helmets. I mean, they're wearing motorcycle helmets in the stores. And people wearing birthday uh, party cones on their faces. I mean, I'm seeing all kind of crazy stuff people are doing. I saw a picture of one person had on like a, one of those uh, water, water, uh, con- gallon water jugs cut out for his face. I mean, what? Oh. You can do all that. But if you don't, above all, take the shield of faith, that dark, that dark gonna go right through that mask. Because it's not, the, it's not what's gonna go through the mask, it's what's going into your head. If you don't have on that helmet of salvation, if you don't have your loins, which is your mind still, girt about or wrapped in truth, then the devil's going to whoop you all upside your head. Glory to God. Now, y'all not mad at me, are you? I'm just, I want to make sure. See, I'm, I'm, I almost said I'm not picking on them. I am picking on them. But if, if that's the best you can do, do, do the best you can. But I want you to understand there's a better way, a higher way. I thought about it today, man. I'm like, man, I wish I had a, a business uh, already. I'd, I'd, I'd sell um, uh, sanitizing or, or, or uh, disinfecting machines for masks because people wearing these same masks over and over and over again, you're going to make yourself sick, bro. Bacteria is growing in your mask. Like, man, I should, I should get find a business. I can, I can do that. Make a little money off this thing here. <laughs> All right, so Satan goes about like a roaring lion, seeking who may devour. We resist him steadfast in the faith. Now, I told you he's like a roaring lion. He's an imitator. Everybody say an imitator. imitator. Now, I gave you Amos chapter 3 and verse 8. And the King James says that the Lord is the roaring lion, that uh, the lion, the lion, capital T-H-E, has roared. Definite article. The lion has roared. Right? Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? So the Lord God is the lion. Satan is like a lion. Okay? So the lion has roared. Then we saw Revelation chapter 5 and verse 5 where the angel said, Do not weep. Behold, the, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. All right? So the Lord has prevailed. Everybody say the Lord has prevailed. prevailed. All right? Now, turn to Colossians 2. I'm going to show you something here. Because I want you to see again, we we mentioned this last night, but Jesus Christ whipped Satan on his own territory. He has prevailed. Everybody say he has prevailed. prevailed. Now go to Colossians chapter 2, please. And we're going to drop to verse 13 through 15. Colossians 2 and verse 13. Do y'all see how ludicrous this all is, though? Let me ask this question. Let me ask this question. Do you remember Jesus said, can Satan cast out Satan? He said, if Satan casts out Satan, his kingdom will fall. So Satan's not going to cast out Satan. So all the ideas Satan is giving people to try to ward Satan off. Y'all miss it. All the ideas Satan is giving people to try to keep him off, he's trying to set them up. Jesus says Satan will not cast out Satan. Satan won't stop himself. He said a house divided against itself will not stand. So I'm when, I, when I'm saying I'm getting all these texts and all these wonderful suggestions, they're from Christians. They're from Christians who have all these natural ideas. We're not natural. We're spiritual. We're spiritual people in natural bodies. And 
I'm going to admonish you again. Go back over what I taught last year on understanding spiritual realities. Because your spiritual reality supersedes all your natural realities. You got this? Okay. So the Lion of Judah has prevailed. So let's go to Colossians 2 and let's see what, what uh, Paul said about that here. Colossians 2, verse 13 through 15. You got it? It says, and you being dead in your trespasses, this is what you formerly were, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive. Everybody say, I've been made alive. I've been made alive. Together with him. I'm alive together with him. I'm as alive as he is alive. Are you hearing me? I am as alive as Jesus. I have the same life as Jesus. We know can't nobody touch him. Yeah, but I'm in this world. Yeah, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. That's the same thing Jesus said about himself. He said, I'm not of this world. Are you hearing me? So I'm alive with Jesus. All right. And he says here, uh, with him, where am I? I'm 13, right? Having forgiven you all trespasses. Verse 14. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So everything that was against us, that, that, if you want to study it in depth, it's talking about everything that was in the law and all the curses of the law. They were against us. He said he nailed it all to the cross. Everything that, that could ever hurt you or defeat you has been nailed to the cross. Behind you. 2,020 plus years ago. Now look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. This is what Jesus did. Having disarmed. How many of know what disarm means? <clears throat> you take the weapon. You, 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 you strip them of their weaponry. Right? One of the first things a police officer would do when he arrests a suspect, if a suspect has a weapon, he's going to disarm him. Before he tries to get cuffs on him, he's going to disarm him. Because as long as he's still armed, he's a threat. As long as he's still armed, he's dangerous. As a matter of fact, if they have a, a someone who, who, who shoots someone or someone who commits a crime and they're on the run, they'll put an alert and say, this person is armed and dangerous. Which means if he's unarmed, then he's not dangerous. And your Bible says that Jesus Christ, the captain of our salvation, has disarmed armed principalities and powers. So he's not a threat. He's still lurking. He's still roaring, but he's been disarmed, which means even, even if he was a lion, he ain't got no motif. He's a toothless lion if he is a lion. Are y'all hearing me? Are you hearing me? He's really... Y'all just stay with me. He's really a cowardly lion. What do you mean? You remember when Jesus showed up in, in Mark 5 at a place called the Gadarenes? Just go with me. You remember when Jesus showed up at a place, Mark 5, called Gadarenes? There was a man there who had 2,000 demons in, inside of him. And the Bible says when that man, Jesus, all Jesus did was walk up. And the man fell down. Are you here to torment us? Jesus hadn't said he didn't even bother the man. So the devil is really a coward if he recognizes Jesus. You have been made alive together with Jesus. And when he sees you, he sees Jesus. The Bible says in 1 John 4, around 17, that as he is, so are we in this world. When the devil looks at you, he sees Jesus. And he's a cowardly lion. Most bullies are cowards. They try to use intimidation against their subject. Are you following me? So it says here in verse 15, we see it again, having disarmed principalities and powers. Now principalities, those are the demonic uh, forces that rule over regions and areas. 
principalities run over municipalities, over whole regions. So there are principalities that work over uh, Europe and over uh, Asia and over Amer the North America and so forth. There are principalities. These are these demonic forces. You read about them back in uh, Ephesians 6. You'll read about these principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and heavenly places and all that kind of good stuff, right? So it's demonic forces, the highest ranks. Did you catch that? Principalities are the highest ranks of demonic forces. Do you understand? Just like in our military, you have the low level, uh, when you go to, first go to the army, you're a private. We're looking for Brother Dwight. You're a private, right? You're a, you're a little maggot. You're a little whatever. You're a private. You just, you know, you have no respect. But if you stay with it long enough, you be, can become a sergeant, right? And if you stay with it long enough, you can move up in levels of sergeant. Am I right? And from sergeant, you can become a captain. Sergeant Major, right, okay, got it. And you can, anyway, you can keep going up, <laughs> right? Higher and higher and higher. There's a lot of ranking. I don't want to get myself in trouble trying to name it all, because I don't know. However, the highest rankings, those generals, these are what principalities are. And the Bible says Jesus already disarmed the highest ranking officials in Satan's army. He disarmed, he whipped Satan himself. He whipped hell's commander-in-chief. So if he's been disarmed, then it says, and it says, and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. In his dying on the cross, he triumphed over all of hell. So Satan's been disarmed. Well, how is he hurting people? He's using rubber bullets. Y'all know what a rubber bullet is? Yeah. You never heard of rubber, rubber bullets? Rubber bullets are real. A lot of law enforcement agencies, they use rubber bullets when they don't want to kill somebody, but they want to stop them. Rubber bullets aren't like metal bullets. A metal bullet will go through you. <laughs> a rubber bullet, it'll go to you and knock you down because they hurt. Matter of fact, I watched a few, a couple of videos, well, one video today about rubber, rubber bullets. They, they stopped this man. And this man, I mean, when they hit him, he dropped Elder Jeff just like he got hit with a real, he, he thought he was dead. <laughs> he wasn't dead. He was just hurt. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if you read up about rubber bullets, a rubber, whereas, whereas a, a metal bullet will go through you and, and break your flesh and destroy things, a rubber bullet, when it hits you, it flattens. Doesn't penetrate, but it'll hurt you. So a devil's got rubber bullets that uh, he comes to hurt you, but he can't destroy you. He can't kill you. He does not. He does not have that power anymore. But if you let that bullet hit you and you cower in fear and give up and quit, now he can kill you. Are you following me? And that's what the devil's trying to trick the whole. He's tricking the world. But he's trying to get the whole church to slide over there, too. We're not going to slide over there. Amen? All right, let's get in here. Galatians 3, verse 13, is our main scripture here. Galatians 3, 13. says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And I want to deal with this part here. Having become a curse for us. Having become a curse for us, for it is written... Curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, again, and I told you this last night, ignorance allows Satan to take advantage of your situation, of you or your situation. Because if you don't know that Jesus Christ already redeemed you, then you'll let what's going on get to you. You got it? And you and I are not susceptible to the curse unless we yield to fear. Remember 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, let Satan take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So when you're ignorant, if you are, again, ignorant is not unintelligent, not stupid. It means you don't know something. Uh, there, I'm, I'm ignorant about some stuff. You know, if you ask me how does, what makes an engine work, I'm ignorant. I'm ignorant. I don't know. <laughs> Many times I'm, I'm dealing with, like, for example, Brother Kirk in our media department, uh, media uh, leader, he's, he's, you know, explain yourself to me, and I say, Kirk, I don't know what you're talking about, and I don't want to know. <laughs> Just, can you get the job done, bro? 
right? But when come to this Bible, I'm not ignorant about that. Are you following what I'm saying? And most people are woefully ignorant when it comes to the word of God. And that ignorance will allow Satan to abuse people. <laughs> Y'all got it? Now, so I gave you this last night, just a reminder. I must know that I have been redeemed from the curse. And it has no power in my life. I must know that I have been redeemed from the curse and it has no power in my life. Okay? Now, let's review. Keep on. What is the curse? We went over that last night. What is the curse? What does it look like? Okay? It, it looks bad. Don't it? You don't want that. Now, I showed you Genesis 3.14 in the living, uh, New Living Translation. It talked about Satan the serpent. When he was cursed, he ended up groveling in the dust. So we said low-level living is part of that curse. Poverty is, a, is the curse. Poverty is not God's idea. God did not put man here to be poor. He did not put man here to be struggling week to week, paycheck to paycheck, barely getting by. That is not God's idea. And if you're living like that, resist that curse. Understand, I'm not part of that system. I got to learn how to operate in the blessings of God. We wrote a book about how to become rich. <laughs> okay? You have to learn how to operate in the blessings of God. The Bible says God raises the poor up out of the dust. Okay? All right, so I showed you also Genesis 3, verse 17 and 18, when God told Adam that he was cursing the ground for his sake, he said that he was going to make thorns and thistles grow. The curse will make thorns and thistles grow. And I showed you how you don't, you don't have to plant weeds. Right? Nobody ever goes to Home Depot, anywhere, Lowe's, and, and you know, any kind of uh, garden center and orders weeds. You just, weeds just come up. Matter of fact, if you do nothing, you're guaranteed to have weeds. If you want something good, you've got to intentionally produce something good. Okay? So that's the curse. Now, I want to go back and read, however, Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, because I want you to see what the curse looks like on people beyond poverty and beyond all this other stuff that just comes up. Deuteronomy 28. Verse 15, Deuteronomy 28, verse 15 says, But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. All right? Now, let's drop down, please, to verse 20 through 22. Let's, let's look at how the curse works. I'm sure, now, the curse is full of stuff. If you look at this whole chapter, it's all kind of stuff. You can find... Uh, car repossession in there? Oh, yeah, car repossession is in there. The Bible says they'll come and take your donkey. That's the repo. Y'all, none, no, none of y'all have been through that. I've been through it a few times. A few times. I've been through it a few times. I've been through the middle of the night repossession. I've been through the middle of the day repossession. I've been through the schedule it on my calendar repossession. Don't look at me now. I mean, I'm telling you where I was then because I don't know about this blessing. It, it shows about, you know, if you, somebody taking your wife, that's, 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 that's in there. Mildew. You know mildew shouldn't be in your house? That's part of the curse. All right, but I'm dealing with this week because of the climate and the environment that we're in, what's going on in the world, I'm dealing with the area of sickness and disease, okay? So verse 20 through 22 says, the Lord will send on you, and I remember I taught you last night, that means he'll allow. It's, it's actually a passive verb, verb passive, P-A-S-S-I-V-E, passive verb. So the Lord will allow on you cursing, confusion, and rebuking all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed, until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. The Lord will make or, call or allow the plague, make the plague or allow the plague to cling to you. So 
the plague, any plague, which is a disease like coronavirus, is a plague, pandemic hitting the whole world, it should never cling to you. Even if somebody gets infected, it shouldn't cling to you. I have a family member who, who I believe, uh, he had it, and just came right through it, didn't, didn't, cling, didn't, didn't cling to it. Not any of y'all, like, you been around somebody? No, other, other part of the country. You can't get it through the phone. Everybody's starting to back off now. <laughs> Until it's consumed you from the land which you are going to possess, the Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever. <laughs> consumption, with fever. Yeah. With inflammation, all the itises. With severe burning, fever, with the sword, with scorching, and with mildew. You know you don't have to do anything in your shower to get mildew? It just comes up. This is what I'm trying to get you to see. The curse is out there. And they shall pursue you until you perish. All right, drop down, please, to verse 27. Verse 27, y'all follow me tonight? The Lord will strike you, allow you to be stricken with boils of Egypt, with tumors. Tumors uh, would be, uh, I, I want to... Tumors, there's different kind of tumors. You can get tumors in your breast, tumors in your, in your you know, fibroids, those are tumors, uh, things like that. Cysts, those are tumors. Uh, hemorrhoids, those are tumors. In fact, many translations will you translate that word to hemorrhoids or hemorrhoids in modern translation. That's part of the curse. And anybody ever been through it, you know that ain't right. Just look straight ahead. Nobody got to know. With, with the scab and with the itch from which you cannot be healed. All right? Let me keep going. Verse 35. 35. The Lord will strike you in the knees and on the legs with severe boils which cannot be healed from the side, sole of your foot to the top of your hand. The Lord will bring or allow uh, I'm sorry, we drop down to verse 58, 58, 58. Now, in your own time, you can read this whole thing. I'm telling you, it's a whole lot of stuff that you don't want on your life. 58 through 61. If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring or allow upon you and your descendants. So hereditary. Y'all missing that? Hereditary issues are part of the curse. So the other day, uh, one of our daughters was ready to go to the dermatologist for a little thing, and uh, and so they wanted to know, you know, medical history. I said, I don't even know all that. What, what medical history mean? That's history. It's history. It stopped right here. That's not the present or the future. I understand what they're trying to get to, because what they're going to try to do is project on you what was on your past. Well, you know that runs in your family. Well, it did. It ran out of, out of air, ran out of gas at my parents. Y'all better say something tonight. See, we don't let hereditary things pass on to us. See, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Verse 18, and all things are of God. You got it? So I'm a new creation, and I have new things. Say it, I'm a new creation, and I have new things. You got it? All right. So, you and your descendants, extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, and serious and prolonged sickness. I've been dealing with this a long time. Moreover, he will bring back or allow on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. Also, every sickness, and this is, this is the coverall here. 
This is the catch-all. It catches every disease that you can name today, no matter what name they come up with this year, next year, into the future. Also, every sickness and every plague, which is not written in this book of the law, will the Lord bring or allow upon you until you are destroyed. So I just my whole intent in reading those verses was to show you that all any sickness or disease you could ever name is covered in here. They are part of the curse. Now I'm preaching and teaching on tonight redeemed from the curse. Redeemed from the curse. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Now, again, Galatians 3.13 says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. So he became a curse for us. Now, I want to show you that. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to get you medically clear tonight. <laughs> I'm going to have you sealed tonight. You're going to walk out of here with your hazmat suit permanently on. Are you hearing me? You're going to walk out with permanent invisible gloves, permanent invisible mask where the devil cannot touch you. Hallelujah. Now, let's go over here, please, to Deuteronomy, please, and chapter 21. Deuteronomy 21, because it says, he redeemed us having become a curse for us. For us. I want to show you how this, this, this works. Verse 22, Deuteronomy 21, verse 22. Got it? It says, and if a, if a man has committed a sin worthy of death or deserving of death, give me the New King James Version, please. Deserving of death, and he has put he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree. His body shall not remain overnight on the tree. Now, listen to me. How many of y'all know about Jesus Christ going to the cross? Now, you know, this is what we call Passion Week. It's the most, for us, the most holy week in the Christian faith. Which is ironic that they, they want the churches shut down. In our most holy week is the time we celebrate this, this, what Jesus did for us. And it says, so if he's committed a sin, deserve, now remember what it says, if he's committed a sin worthy of death, or deserving of death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree, did Jesus hang on a tree? Yes. It says his body shall not remain overnight on the tree. Now you think of hanging, don't, don't, don't be black on me. Y'all think of the lynchings. Not this, he wasn't lynched, he wasn't hung like a noose around his neck. This is hung, suspended, uh, nailed to a tree, okay? <laughs> but you shall utterly bury him that day. Now, how long was Jesus Christ on, on the cross? Three hours, right? From the sixth to the ninth hour. And they took his body off the tree. They wouldn't let him hang that night. Joseph went to Pilate and asked, could he have his body? They would not let him stay overnight. Passover is going to be the next day. They couldn't let him hang overnight. I'm telling you where this is coming from here. And they got his body and then they buried him in the tomb. Okay? Now watch what it says here. Oh, let me keep going. So that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance. Watch this last part. For he who is hanged is accursed of God. He who is hanged is accursed of God. I want you to see what Jesus, because of his love for you, did for you. He knew full well that to go to the cross and let them hang him on the cross, he was taking on the full brunt of the curse. When you read verses 15, Deuteronomy 28, verses 15 through 60, whatever the end is, 68 or so, he was taking all that on him for three hours. He was taking inflammation and consumption 
and fever and dysentery and mildew and the groveling and the darkness and the groping and the blindness and the confusion and he was taking all he was taking all that he was taking all that he was taking all that that's why the bible talks about his body became so contorted so contorted on the cross that he people didn't recognize him his mother recognized him his his his, uh, his disciple john who was there recognized him but the bible says he was rec- ir- irrecognizable unrecognizable because he was taking all that sin all that curse upon himself and he became the bible says he was accursed of god i want you to see how big this week is what 2000 plus years ago jesus knew he was about to get into that he saw you and me in 2020 and knew that if he hadn't done that, we'd be susceptible to anything the devil could bring. We'd have no hope in this world. He became a curse for us. Go back to the previous verse. Go back to the previous verse. I want you to see something here. Verse 22. Verse 22. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse 22, praise God. Come on, come on. Verse 22. Let me just read it. 20, 20, uh, chapter 21, verse 22. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death, is a man has committed a sin deserving of death. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death, Jesus, if a man has committed a sin deserving of death, now Jesus never committed any sin let alone a sin deserving of death. The one or the ones who committed the sins that were worthy of death are sitting right beside you tonight. We're the ones who deserve death. We're the ones who deserve the full uh, 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 curse to come on us. He having become a curse for us. Say it, having become a curse for us. Say it again, having become a curse for us. Go to Isaiah 53. I know you know this, but let's pretend like we never read it. We agreed on that last night, right? He became a curse for us. He didn't deserve death. He didn't deserve death. He didn't sin. Look at Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. Surely he has borne our griefs. How many of y'all have a good Bible with a margin in it? You got that word griefs? What's your margin tell you that word griefs translates to? Say it loud, come on. Sicknesses. So surely he has borne our sicknesses. When did he do that? Man, I wish y'all would talk like you really know. On, on the cross. I'm going I'm to just tell y'all the answer. So on the cross. He bore our sicknesses on the cross. So Jesus took He was stricken with cancer all of a sudden. Lupus and diabetes and sickle cell, muscular dystrophy, multiple sclerosis, (laughs) Hodgkin's uh, disease, Lou Gehrig's disease, Graves' disease, hypertension. He took all that. Maybe I'm not reading the right book. Does, does, is that what it says? Yes, sir. Imagine, how many of y'all ever been sick before? I want you to imagine the sickest day you ever had in your life. Just, just, just for a moment, imagine if you can the sickest day. You don't want to remember it, just, uh, just you know, flow with me. 
Imagine the, the sickest day you ever had. I mean, that day that you thought, this is it. I don't know. Oh, my God. And the sickest day you had in your life, it was from just one issue. It was one sickness causing it. I want you to understand how much Jesus loves you. That for three hours, he took all of our sicknesses and every symptom that went with all those sicknesses on the cross. I've had some sick days. I've had some sick days. But nothing I could ever go through compares to what he went through. It says, and he carried our sorrows. What does what, your, your Bible say? Pains. So he carried our pains. How many of you had days of pain? Come on now, give me, help me out. You had some painful days. Back pain and migraine. Anybody have a migraine headache and Sciatica, toothaches, earaches, stomachache, I mean pain, muscle pain, you fail, I mean pain. And it says he carried all that. Can you understand why Jesus Christ hollers out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It wasn't just because he was feeling lonely. He's in pain. He's writhing in pain. Carrying the full brunt of all of our sickness, all of our diseases, every symptom we could ever imagine. They tried to give him a little medicine, give him some sour wine, a little vinegar, and a little something to try to Help him, help him get through it. And he said, I want that. I want it. He had to experience the full 100% totality of the pain. No aspirin, no Aleve, no Pepto-Bismol, no Alka-Seltzer, no, no nothing. Yet we have seen him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded or pierced through for my transgressions. Now remember we read the one who sins a sin deserving of death. But it says he was wounded for my. He didn't sin, Tamara. I did. He was, oh, thank you, Lord. He was bruised. The word bruised means crushed. Your Bible will tell you, right? If you got a little good Bible, it'll tell you it means crushed. He was crushed, 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 crushed. For our iniquities. He didn't have any iniquity. Iniquity is wickedness and sin. It's a sin, just everything about you is sinful. The chastisement, the whooping, for our peace was upon him. And, and by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. Because he went through all the crushing and the pain. And the, tor the torture, I am healed from anything that could come upon my body. My God, my God, my God. Yet, 
Most of the church has forgotten about this this week. Give me 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Can you go back to verse 23 for me? Let's, no, let's start at verse 20, uh, 1. 21. 21. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody? I, I just want you to see this and know this. That we're not living in fear of anything the devil could ever bring on our lives. Glory to God. 1 Peter 2. And let's, I, I want to go kind of like 20, I think I'm right, 20, 21. Just, just kind of give you a little context of what we just read. For to this you were called because Christ has also suffered for us. Christ also suffered for us. Not for himself, for us. Leaving us an example. Oh my God, is it that late already? My goodness. That you should follow his steps. Keep going, please. Who committed no sin. What? No sin. No sin. Nor was the seed found in his mouth. Keep going, please. Who, when he was reviled or attacked, uh, accused, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him, God. In other words, with all the stuff he was going through, he trusted himself with God. Now he's actually sick. He's actually diseased for three hours. And he trusted himself to God. Now tell me you can't trust God when there's only a threat? He's literally going through it. Literally infirmed. But he committed himself to God. He judges righteously. Now watch verse 24. Y'all know this one very well, don't you? Verse 24. Who himself... Here it is. Bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now, we just read it in Isaiah 53, verse 5, by his stripes you are healed. Right here it says, by his stripes you were healed. And the truth then is, if you were healed, then you are healed. Isaiah was writing about the future. Peter was writing about the past. So if I were healed or if I was healed, then now forevermore I am healed. Say, I am healed. Say it again, I am healed. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, what I understand is I am the healed protecting my health. I'm not trying to get healed. I said, I'm not trying to get healed. I am healed. I'm not believing God for healing. I'm believing God for my healing to manifest. I'm already healed. Now, I, I, got, I got to knock out this religious devil. Because there's religious folk who read first, who read Isaiah 53 and tell you that that is not talking about physical healing. That is a widespread teaching and doctrine in the church. Am I right about this, Elder Cheryl? It's a widespread teaching in the church that when you read Isaiah 53, it doesn't mean physical healing. God does not promise physical healing. Now, I need every pastor to look at me in the camera. Let, let's go to, uh, I'm off script again, Matthew 8. Let me just show you something. Matthew chapter, I believe it's chapter 8. Holy Ghost will bear witness with us. Let me switch me back to the regular clock. Matthew 8. I'm going to start at verse 14. I'm going to start at verse 14. Now, we're going to knock down this religious devil that's keeping people sick and making people in the church think that sickness is somehow giving God glory. That somehow when you're sick, God gets pleasure out of that. That is sick. To think that a good God 
gets pleasure out of giving his children sickness? I wouldn't, I wouldn't get any pleasure out of making my children sick. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just throw, throw this pneumonia on you, and, uh, you know, uh, but it's going to be all right. You know, I'm just trying to show you how much I love you. I wouldn't do that to any of my children. I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't do that to my enemy. So why would God, a loving God, get some sick pleasure out of making people sick? And why in the world would Jesus Christ go through three hours of the worst torture you can ever imagine in humanity for people to be sick? So let's prove them wrong. Look at Matthew 8, verse 14. Now when Jesus had come into, the, into Peter's house, he saw his wife's, that's Peter's wife's, mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose and served them. Now, is he, is she, did she have a fever or what? Is that a sickness? And what did he do? He healed her. Now, look at verse 16. When evening had come, they brought, the people in the town brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled. That it might be fulfilled. So for all you doctrinally stupid preachers, he healed people's sicknesses, natural, physical sicknesses, that it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now, if you can't take that, I tell my wife, I, I think, I think I'm going to do a Bible buyback program. You know how police, police department, they do a gun buyback? I'm going to do a Bible buyback. I'm going to buy back all y'all pastors' Bibles. Give, give me your Bible. I'll give you a quarter. I'll give you a quarter, because that's all it's worth to you anyhow. Let just give me your Bible. I'll give you a quarter right now. Just bring them in. P.O. Box 12326, St. Peter, Florida, 33712, or 3373. We'll take your little Bible. I'll send you your quarter in the mail. Matter of fact, in good faith, I'll send you the quarter now. Just hit us up on the internet. I'll send you your quarter now, and you just send your Bible later on. Because if you're not going to believe this, what in the world do you have it for? Shut up, you little lying preacher. You don't believe anything you're even saying. You don't believe a word you're saying. That it might be fulfilled. He's talking about people being physically healed of physical sickness and disease. And what you gonna do with that? Man, y'all don't use up all my time again. Lord, have mercy. I just, I'm just, I'm just, I've had enough of stupid. I've had enough of people just being just, just ignorant about God's word. I don't mean the people. I'm talking about the preachers. I mean, what, you enjoy doing funerals? You enjoy doing funerals? I mean, you get, you get a little kickback to do funerals? I don't want to see Creel and McRae and Smith and then one of them guys anytime ever. Churches said there were funerals every weekend. Every weekend got funeral, 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 funeral. What, what you preaching? We serve the Prince of Life. Your Bible calls Jesus Christ the Prince of Life. My God, my God, my God.
All right, let's go back to Galatians 3. I'm over time. Let me just, let me just uh, use a little few extra minutes here. We might have to add Thursday. We might, we might have to add Thursday to the, to the docket. I don't know. Thursday and Friday, huh? We might Man, hey, if y'all want to come, I'm about it, about it. I'm about it, about it. If y'all want to come, I'm about it, about it. We're going to give the devil a black eye and stomp him in the neck. Get on out of here. Get on back to hell you came from. There you go. There you go. All right. Brother Kirkland, make sure you update the graphic. This meeting has been extended. set this region right. We're not going to let the devil keep punking us. You can't keep punking us. We're the body of Christ. You can't keep punking us. Just shout it, I am healed, I am healed. 